Today is our annual meeting Sunday. Uh, after this service, we will have our annual meeting. And uh, on annual meeting Sundays, I like to use the sermon time as an opportunity for us to reflect uh, as a community on our encounter with God and, and uh, the life of this church. And I cannot imagine a worse gospel passage for an annual meeting Sunday than uh, the people trying to throw Jesus off a cliff. And when I read it, I thought, thank God St. John's is not the kind of church community where people try to throw each other off cliffs, uh, figuratively or literally. And uh, as I mentioned at the beginning of the service, I was just at a clergy retreat in Southern California. And trust me, there are churches where people figuratively try to throw each other off cliffs. So I give thanks that St. John's is not that kind of community. A much better reading for our annual meeting Sunday is this much-loved passage from 1 Corinthians. How many of you had this reading at your wedding? Very popular uh, passage for weddings. Actually, I often comment that uh, that passage is actually proof that St. Paul was never married and and certainly did not have kids. (laughs) Patient, kind, envious, never, really? But Paul is describing the kind of love that should exist, not just between uh, a married couple, but the kind of love that should exist in a Christian community that should exist in the church because it is the kind of love that God shows us in Jesus Christ. It is a call for us to love as Jesus loves us and as God loved us in Jesus. So it is my practice to ask a few questions on this annual meeting Sunday and invite you to into conversation with each other Briefly, and then I'll come through and invite those of you who wish to share something of what you shared or what you heard. So my first question this morning is, where have you encountered God's love at St. John's in the last year? Where have you encountered God's love at St. John's in the last year? If you're new to St. John's, you can reflect on uh, somewhere in your own life. So I want to invite you to turn to uh, some people near you, and we'll take just a minute or two to quickly share your kind of first reaction of where you have encountered God's love at St. John's. All right. I'm going to uh, invite those of you who wish now. uh, I'll come through the congregation, and if you... Uh, have something you want to share or something that uh, you heard. The coming of Ginger yeah, to, our, to our church and the revival of the care committee and the support for Stephen Ministry and just her presence. And I would say uh, cooking for the Mill Street Shelter monthly and delivering our food ourselves to the Mill Street uh, Shelter has been very rewarding. And I thank you for the blurb that Ann put in today's Connect about that. I would say community um, of St. John's. And then Virginia said I could quote her, Virginia Kosidar, who is sitting right next to me, the parish secretary. And she was saying she is amazed and so 
empowered by the numbers of hours that people commit to this church, and I would second that. Yes. This is the head of the altar guild speaking. She, know, she knows of what she speaks. <laughs> uh, three years ago, I was tapped to be on the vestry, and uh, I said, sure. I didn't have any idea what it was and what they did, and over the past three years, I've just seen so much passion and so much caring from all the people who are on the vestry and the leaders of the church. It's, it's an amazing uh, opportunity to serve, and I've, I've just seen just such blessings in the driving of the church here and, and being a part of that. So it's just been wonderful every moment on the vestry, and I'm very grateful for that. Um, I would say the blessing of the animals. It's really nice to see everybody get together outside and see how everybody loves their own pet, no matter how random of an animal it is. <laughs> I love the music, and I hear God in the music every Sunday. And when we have the trumpet player here on, on, I forget what Sunday he comes, but oh, my word, the organ and the music together is just like a little slice of heaven right here at church. I see God's love uh, that moment at the 10 o'clock service when all the children come in after Sunday school. Thank you. From an altar guild member who witnesses those caregivers who come in and pick up a communion box to deliver communion to those who can't make it to church. And also from a flower angel who has witnessed those who spend their time taking flowers and bringing their love to those in need. And lastly, the men's group singing hymn number eight, a cappella. Now that is, morning has broken, and that is a spiritual moment. Under Ginger's leadership, we um, rewrote the mission statement for outreach here at St. John's over a series of days, weeks, and months. For me this year, it's been getting involved with Dinner Church and being a part of a separate intimate community outside of Sunday and bringing all of that love into one group and the closing prayer. If you've never been to Dinner Church, come on a Sunday. It's well worth it. Tuesday, but you can show up on Sunday, too, if you want. The retreats that we have every year, the annual retreat for the parish at the Bishop's Ranch is really special, and also our men's, our men's group retreat is also good. It's great to get away as a parish and discuss these issues. I thank God, and I thank the people here, my sons, my, every, all of them, as I've lost my eyesight. I'm so grateful for all the hands that have reached out to help. I'm really grateful for just everyone's presence and the enormous care that pours out of this community, whether it's the flowers for the altar or in the aisle during a special feast day, um, the children's program. Um, It was so meaningful to me when my eight-year-old grandson was You know, we were asked to write something we were grateful for on a piece of paper, and he wrote communication and community. Mm. Um, The families, my family's been through a lot this year, struggling, and I feel like St. John's is like a point of continuity and affirmation that there is love and community and there are other people, and that you don't have to live life isolated or alone, and that there's an expression of God's love that's present every day here and the music and the care with which and the children singing anyway i could go on and on (laughs) ginger's ministry thank you all so much in this reading we have from first corinthians uh, paul is talking about how each one of us has spiritual 
gifts. Each one of us has spiritual gifts, and each one of us has different spiritual gifts. And obviously there's been some uh, fighting within the community about which gifts are most important. And so Paul's trying to correct that and say that the purpose of all of our gifts is to manifest the love of God in the church. And Paul, for love, uses the word agape, which is an other-directed love. It is acting in love for the sake of the other, not for the sake of your own relationship uh, with God or your own sense of esteem, but acting in love for the other as Christ. Okay. I'm going to uh, come through the congregation and invite you to share again. Uh, especially invite those we haven't heard from yet to speak. I'm going to start at the back and work my way forward. And uh, for the sake of time, apologies to all of you, just going to do the pews. Uh, But you can find me later. I'd love to hear what you're thinking. So um, I'll start at the back and move this way if you would like to share uh, what you said or something that you heard. A little trickier question, maybe. (laughs) A little trickier. Um, So we have two children, two that are 11 and one that's 8. And we have been feeling like we've been remiss not to commit ourselves every three months to doing something as a family for half a day or um, for a whole day to the community. So we're going to start with the rotating shelter, and um, that's our commitment. And um, we are inspired through St. John's to do that. So, Well, the programs for the youth are very, very important, and my wife is missing because of uh, our child daughter and her husband are off at a retreat, and uh, we have the grandkids, and we couldn't get them to come. So anyway, but we're working on it. All right. Our group felt that we should also live by the example if we're Christians. You should be living that every day. So when you reflect and tell people you go to St. John's, they obviously, you are showing them the message that St. John's is teaching you. And it was brought up that we, even though we talk about St. John's, we don't necessarily invite friends to come to these services with us. And we really should. When you know friends that are interested, you should ask them to come, and you would be there with them the time they come to church. And that's another way you can spread the community of St. John's. I just want to say an amen to that. Several of the staff... (laughs) (laughs) Several of the staff were at a uh, conference at Grace Cathedral yesterday. 76% of people joining a church is because of personal invitation to come to church. So uh, invite your friends. Share the love. Robert and I agree that we should always be alert to people that may be newcomers, either at coffee hour or in other events and be sure to include them, not leave them standing alone wondering. I appreciate the clergy leadership. I appreciate the clergy leadership, especially you, Chris, in taking us beyond the doors of the church to Black Lives Matter and uh, other issues that that involve us uh, abroad, uh, like Malawi, uh, so that we realize that we can do and be effective in the whole world. And that's, that's really wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, one of the things we mentioned was just listening and watching and being aware of what else might need to be done, not, not necessarily what's on our own agenda. Let's see how we can give our gifts. Ginger asked me if I would be open to talking about and showing images of traditional iconography within the Christian tradition that can help us look differently at race 
within the Catholic tradition, there are black Madonnas, dark Madonnas. These are mainstream images of healing in Europe. And they're very unknown in this community, so in, in our society in America. So beginning to talk about what we already have in our tradition that we can draw from that can help us look anew and afresh at race and what's happening in our country. When I mentioned how you can use your spiritual gifts, how many of you started to think, huh, what are my spiritual gifts? We all have spiritual gifts. Whether you believe it or not, you have spiritual gifts. And I want to encourage you, if you're not sure what yours are, to talk to people that you trust and love in the church and talk to your clergy. Hopefully you trust and love us also. And uh, help us work with you to discern what your spiritual gifts are. In fact, discerning spiritual gifts is a spiritual gift. So uh, maybe someone has that gift to share in our community. So we all have spiritual gifts. And if you're not sure what yours are, discern them. Lent is coming up soon, sooner than we think. And it's a great opportunity to spend some time in discernment about what your spiritual gifts are and how you can use them. I want to close by inviting you to consider two things. In your own life, how can you embody the qualities of love that Paul uses to describe love in this passage? Not envious, kind, not boastful or rude. How can you embody those qualities of love in your own life? And secondly, how can you, in your daily life, not just our hour together in church, but in your daily life as a Christian and follower of Jesus, how can you abide in faith, hope, and love?